is um, do animals tell stories and um, and this discussion started about whether only humans have consciousness. So to be able to tell a story, you have to reach a certain level of consciousness. So uh, maybe storytelling is a useless activity that animals are not interested because they're not very conscious beings. They don't develop memories. They don't have a sense of one day they will die until they face the moment of death. They don't know what death is all about. So they think they live forever. Like Adam and Eve in, 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 in Eden thinking that they have a, they're immortals. Anyway, let's That's go back point. to the bees. Let's go back to the bees. The bees, um, they, they observed on bees. Like, of course, animals communicate in their own way. And bees do too. And they have a very complicated and well-researched and recorded uh, behavior that telling the other bees so that they don't waste their energies to find, um, you know, where the certain plants are and how far they are. And they use the sun angles. It's very complicated. I don't think humans have this technique and technology and the ability. However, they do. And they communicate this uh, for the survival of the hive to the other bees. So when they come back, they deposit the pollen and whatever. So and they tell the other bees ready to fly out where they should go and get the stuff. Um, but they observe that sometimes after hours, some bees are still dancing. I mean, uh, it was a time when no bee was going to leave the hive and go collect anything. And they said, why are they doing this? Maybe they're telling stories. So maybe they do. So stories is when um, the utility of like a real life bee dance becomes um, a non-utilitarian effort. So it becomes a story. But I think also humans... Um, so are you saying it's decorative? Like what it, Stephen it King referred to as for nice? It doesn't, have a, it doesn't have a purpose. So why they're, t I mean, why they're communicating? When you communicate without a purpose, it becomes a story. So... Let's put a pin in that just for a moment, because sure. I was taught that uh, the earliest stories were a kind of uh, fear rehearsal. So when you faced dangers like hunting a lion, if you had crawled through the constricting tunnel of the dark ancestral cave into the sacred space, and you heard the story of the young hunters who went out with their spears to capture a lion so they could remain in the tribe having experienced that rehearsal you could exit and then when you had to either bring home a lion or leave the tribe in the moment of uh, decision you would remember to plant your spear so when the lion leapt you would it would land on your spear yeah, or you would well, remember to throw your spear, or however you hunt a lion. And I don't advise I think, people should hunt lions, but this was a long time ago. We were very different think, people back then. Uh, but I think stories do have a purpose. They're very powerful. People yeah, get elected on the basis of their story, not on the basis of the substance of their political platform. Form is everything now. The spectacle has completely triumphed. I think humans were not originally good hunters. What are you talking about? They outran their they outran their prey. They just ran them down exactly, to death. Exactly, exactly. That's that's pretty by, effective, man. By going bipedal, because their uh, stronger monkey cousins, they kicked them from the tree, and the um, the world was experiencing a climate change. And in the savanna, if you're not on the tree, and you are very vulnerable, so 
instead of being quadrupedal, they become bipedal so that they can run in the savanna. And eventually they put their running ability, because I think the humans can run on a long distance, uh, beat the horse, like, you know, not in the short distance, but in long distance. So they were able to chase animals to be able to kill them. Okay, let me tell so you. Let me tell you that story in a different way. That, yeah. Okay. You and it's pure speculation. I'm not an expert on uh, early uh, human beings, but I'm willing to bet that that climate change made uh, living in trees more difficult, and some primates left the trees. And some of them were chased. And some of them, through just random variation, could outrun what was chasing them. And those were the ones that went on to have kids. And what initially was um, uh, accidental yeah. uh, you know, mutation that converted some survival benefit uh, became the principal uh, benefit that led us stay out of the trees well i just i just happened. you know i'm no, reluctant to a, see it as people you know running because they have some agency like i don't think people ran because they uh you know could foresee i think people are terrible at uh foresight they're they're very bad at predicting uh mid-term and long-term view so i mean in the savannah if you want to see what is going on you have to stand up on your two feet So having this extra sugar, they were basically handling this. But as they moved to north and they experienced some some ice age, um, and they couldn't find fruit all the time, and some of them died, but some of them, they learned how to convert the sugar in the stuff they eat into energy so they can survive during winter or in times of not having enough fruit. So times of so, scarcity, yeah? Exactly. Times of scarcity. But this also, this ability to convert the sugars eventually gave the migrating people to the north uh, a precursor of diabetes. Okay. So this is like through survival, they, they have this sort of developmental disease anyway. Um. So I think we're getting away from the storytelling and to how things change and bees and whatever. But Well, it's a podcast about telling stories and how stories are told. Uh, okay. So well, it still fits. There are a couple of things. Um, uh, actually, uh, Nietzsche's, Nietzsche's thesis was about the origins of the Greek theater. So actually... Um, just before we move on to Nietzsche and the Greek theater, uh, to you know, summarize. No, sidebar. I'll go back to the stories then. Okay. All right. Well, yes, but just to make sure that the connection is clear. In in telling the story of uh, humans out of trees across the savanna during an event, climate change, there is a major uh, plot hole. Why were they migrating in the first place if food was so plentiful? So we'll come back to that later if we can. But 
Well, I think it was a certain competition, but also in Africa. Okay, competition for homo, resources. Homo, homo, right. homo sapiens were not the only um, homo-like animals, and some of them, I mean, some of the branches of this tree didn't go anywhere. They ended up in a dead end, and maybe some viruses in those times destroyed some of them. We don't know. An evolutionary so cul-de-sac, as it were. We still, we still carry these uh, their genes. From Africa, I mean, even if they don't exist, so we also have genes from the Neanderthals and things like that. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I think we all know that the religious books they talk about humans being created thirty thousand years ago, twenty thousand years ago, forty thousand years ago, six thousand according to some books. Again, scientists are really saying that this is why religion is, you know, not in contact with reality. However, uh, if we look at the consciousness as a quality of being a human and we know that through the book famous book uh, the bicameral mind that i think without being yes without being conscious i don't think we can talk about a human we're not talking about piece of bones in the old gorge that belonged to this tiny female lucy we are thinking about a conscious a conscious animal so through the consciousness I think, of course, you mentioned that preparing for a hunt, um, you know, imitating and preparing yourself, not only visually with the um, uh, cave wall pictures. Uh, mind you, my dog is barking, so it reminded me that uh, humans learned how to uh, behave like groups and have strategy to hunt for yeah. the first um, domesticated animal, the wolf. Let me interrupt you there for a second. With Fifi... Do you, does she ever bark self-consciously? Because I know some of the tests for consciousness include the mirror test, you know, does an animal recognize itself? But I, I've never heard a dog personally bark in a self-conscious way. There, it's, a, it's, it, it's, not, it's not living a story of its life as a dog. It's living as a dog. You know, well, it's I straight think, up being, you know, and sometimes, so when you're talking about consciousness, according to Julian James, you're talking about a self-consciousness that she, has she internalized has she wants to play with me, so. some mental states. Yeah. yeah some states. Okay. Okay. However, I think uh, humans, by the time, once you get consciousness, you develop a memory and the memory is like evolved over the time that people have a past. So memory is about a past, but the past cannot be lived again. So from this, people start talking about their past, but they, you know, humans are not very 100% um, sort of can remember the past. And they, they twist the past and they created the history, which is not exactly replicating the past, but it's a version of um it's a story the about the past yeah exactly. it's, it's a, a it's a reconstruction but then again an unfaithful I reconstruction mean, absolutely but it's in their nature uh, it's not an accident it's like playing telegraph the, the, the things get jumbled but through this different nations and different groups different tribes when they tell their stories or their histories or micro histories making these changes eventually it leads to the culture of this this group of humans. So that's why behavior changes between you know, nations and 
tribes and regions and 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 whatever. But I think uh, you know emulating um, the hunt is also being emulated in not only children's games but also in war games, right? You know, reality is not there, but you are just trying to do stuff. And also, they learned from their um, their dog not only how to organize a hunt, but they also uh, from their behavior of marking their location, they initially uh, started their handprints on walls, and this also evolved into the art form. So they well, learned how to make art through their friendship with dogs. Okay, let let me put a pin in the handprint on the wall uh, because uh, I think for stories to happen and for people to put handprints on walls, there has to be some concept of the passage of time that the hand that makes this print is here today and not tomorrow, perhaps, especially yeah, when course, life but... was uh, more fleeting than it uh, is today. Um, I think uh, in general, what, of course, uh, not in the specific. I'm sure, um, you know, we are living through the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. Yes. And everything. But humans, they must have lived. Uh, through tragic events or in their tribal life, in the, in the death of a hero or, you know, a tribal leader. So they want to, and they connected to seasonal events. And as they remembered, and which is Nietzsche talks about this in his. Um, yeah, in thank his, you for returning to that. In his thesis, yeah. So he says, you know, so people want to go to the place where certain things happened. So they believe in the, in the strength of being in the same place. So they feel like the same way the Japanese tourists, they take so many pictures because when they visit some place by taking a picture, they think they can capture the spirit of the place. So the humans, they return to the location of this event, like you know, 9-11 site and things like that in their times. So some people even suggest that humans, they, they were singing first, then they learned how to talk. So eventually, uh, repeating this event by, by emulating this event and dressing up like the old heroes or the dead hero, in a way, they tell the story and things get resurrected and, and that's the end and they start singing. So singing, theater, playing, fighting wars. And this is how humans, they, they t- not only tell a story, but they find um, events that turn into stories, that turn into their psyche and make them who they are. Well, I think you've touched on a good point that stories are not just uh, ink on a page, but stories can be uh, performed. Stories can be uh, unconsciously performed. I think many people are running around today living a story of their life, uh, and it may be someone else's story. And I think it's really important that uh, we have storytelling as part of the core curriculum in schools because people uh, need to uh, counter-program themselves or you can't resist other people's stories about you by resisting them. It doesn't work. You need to be able to tell um, a counter-story. It's fine. I mean... And, and, and just before I forget, because we're go- sorry no, to interrupt sorry. you, but we're going to get too far away from the Japanese tourists. Um, 
our listeners should know that there's at least one study I found that shows when you take a photo of a moment, your brain, uh, and I'm simplifying this, decides that there's an external uh, memory store, this, and it doesn't try to remember it in the same way. Like you're exchanging one experience for another when you take a photograph, especially when you share it on social media. Absolutely. And, and, and that's people a choice that, that people don't make um, consciously very often. Yeah, sometimes in terms of enhancing a memory, uh, taking pictures is anathema because I think you might visit a place and there would be a fantastic, like a full moon and sea, whatever. So you could remember it as an amazing, amazing evening years later on. But if you have a picture, you look at the picture and you say, well, it wasn't such a big thing. So there was a way of, yeah, the president can the pollute the past. It's true. Exactly. So um, in terms of telling stories, and we can inevitably we'll go to Grimm Brothers. And yes, but before we go to the Grimm Brothers, what about okay. Nietzsche and Greek uh, tragedy? I think you were No, no, they said uh, the roots of the theater is like, you know, replicating historic events and historic personalities and then singing. And this was, this was all eventually became a tearjerker because the leader was no longer there. And then to add some frivolity, they did these interruptions with some funny characters and everything. So let's not go into that. But eventually, we know that uh, theater, which is like an acted, like not, it's not real. So even if you do a real event as a theater, it's not the event itself. But also storytelling and also playing games is all a way of need to express yourself and reach to other people. I mean, personally, I'm very much interested in language because I think it is, as a human's true language, they developed and became who they are. But also through, um, uh, they had to dress up. So I'm really interested in languages, in, in fashion, and also they developed like a cooking which is very unique to them. And they also uh, managed to um, involve in very complicated warfare. So that's where I'm interested in militaria, um, fashion, cooking, and uh, languages and words and everything. They're all, I think, quite related because they are human creations. Uh, everything else existed, I mean, Physics and science can express a lot of things that happen in the nature, but only humans can create this. Uh, to me, even fashion is storytelling, cooking is storytelling, war is storytelling with a with a big stick, and uh, of course, storytelling is storytelling. But if you don't mind, let's go to Grimm's story because I think it shows you the aspect of um, you know cultural issues and not necessarily a story as a story. I think learning is closely related of, of horror elements. A lot of the grim stories, they're stories of horror. Um, they're really scary stuff. Because I think humans can only learn from the bad experience. The good experience goes into a different part of our brain. We don't learn really from good experience. Because brain says, oh, I was good. Unless we can repeat it sometime down the road. So that's why they're full of these imagery that are very, very scary. I mean putting kids in the oven and everything like that. When you go camping, like, you know, school camp or whatever, the night comes and you're around the fire 
and people are start to, they people start telling stories and they tell predominantly scary stories. I think humans are hardwired to tell scary stories, scary stories um, around the campfire. Thank you once again. This has been episode zero. Uh, Dad, thanks for being my uh, first guest.